Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. Day two in Hobart was a great day for the bowlers, with 17 wickets falling across three innings. In fact, it was a great day of test cricket. 287 runs were scored at three and a half runs and over. England's batting failed once again with Rory Burns' run out in the second over of their innings, summing up their abysmal tour with the bat. Australia lead by 152 runs heading into day three, with Steve Smith and night watchman Scott Bolland holding resolute and getting through the stumps at the end of a very tricky day. Lewis Cameron spoke to Ricky Ponting after the day's play, proudly brought to you by HCL, the official digital technology partner of Cricket Australia. I'm here with Ricky Ponting on day two of the Hobart Test. It's uh, been an interesting day, a lively day. Ricky, I want to ask you firstly, I guess, about England's dismissals and um, and their batting, I suppose, 188 all out. Did it look like it's half a, t- a team with, with half a foot on the plane or am I being a little bit harsh? Oh, look, I thought their endeavour was quite good, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I doubt Burns' endeavour. I mean, he, there wasn't enough desperation there for my liking with his, uh, his run out. I would have liked to have seen him put in a big dive and just show a bit more desperation about trying to hang on to it and preserve his wicket. You know, it's his first game back in after missing a couple of test matches and a good opportunity for him. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it was not obviously his call, but, you know, he's been run out by an inch or two inches where I think a a bit more desperation might have seen him not be run out there and then. Um, I like I like what Crawley's trying to do. He's, he's you know he's trying to find a way to have success opening the batting um, against a good attack in trying conditions. Um, you know Milan, as the series has gone on, has looked a bit more more and more of a worry to me. When he hits a, when he hits a, a shot, he looks like a classy player, but it, there's too many other mistakes around that. I think his defence is. Um, average at best. I think his strike rotation leaves a lot to be desired. Um, you know, Root looked good again, didn't he? Um, you know, Stokes' endeavour was good. Uh, Pope started well, Billing started well, but they just all made mistakes and got out. Um, so do you put that down to mentally not quite being there and having the foot on the plane, or do you put it down to some really good, high-pressurised bowling from Australia? It might be a bit of both, to be honest. Um, but I think what we saw, we probably saw a bit of a gap in the skill of this English attack and then the skill of the Australian attack because the ball moved more uh, you know, today than it did yesterday. Certainly in the evening session when Boland and Cummins were bowling late for Australia today, it, it definitely seemed more than it did for, for England last night and even for England this morning. So there's, I think there's a golf there and there's and, and a bit of a more of a golf with the, the batting lineups of both teams. Oh, I do want to ask about the Aussie bowling in a second, but um, I heard what you had to say about Ollie Pope on Channel 7 and... Um, and what you had to say about Rory Burns, of course. But, um, I mean, Ollie Pope, is that the kind of one where it's it's a little bit w- what Joe Root's fallen into at times in this series? And is it growing up in England, you, you want to get bat on ball? Is, is that the kind of issue there? Edge and taken by Kerry. Scott Boland. Every time. Instant impact. It's becoming a regular facet of his game, a regular feature in Ashes cricket. He's got another one. Yeah, look, I don't know how to defend that, to be honest, with Ollie Pope. He actually he was going really well, batting nicely. But it, and if you think about English conditions, the ball moves around a lot in England. So you, you wouldn't think you'd be playing at a lot of balls wide outside the stumps either for that, you know, with the ball continually swinging. And um, 
but yeah, look, I'm not what it, if you're going to play at balls that are that wide, at least throw the throw the bat at them, have a swing at them. Because if you're going to defend balls, there's only one thing that happens: you're going to nick it to the keeper. Um, you know, when we did some analysis on that, the whole over was based around that Boland did just bowled the same ball four out of the five that he'd faced in that over, and he eventually nicked one, um, which was a defensive shot to a ball that was probably on maybe even seventh stump line. It just doesn't. I mean, it's just not. It's just not good test match batting. I think that's what I said on air at the time. It's um, and it, also when you're trying to read how a bowler's trying to get you out, it had been made pretty clear, hadn't it? The first three or four balls of that over, how he was going to try and get him out, and he and he fell for it. So it, it's yeah, it was poor batting. It'll be something he'll learn from. I actually think he looks like a reasonable player, to be honest. Ollie Pope, his record, first class cricket for for um, in county cricket's good. Incredible average at the Oval, um, but his test average is about 26 or 27. But he might be one of those guys, along with, with Crawley, that they probably have to give a bit of a run to and see if he can work it out for himself on the big stage. Ricky, I wanted to ask you in particular about um, about Joe Root and how Australia bowled to him, and particularly how Pat Cummins bowled to him, because I thought he was, he was excellent today. Oh, no. Trapped on the crease this time. Gone. I'm not sure Root will review that one. He was trapped. He was back right in front of the stumps. And the captain is rolling through England now. Was there a bit of an element of them targeting his pads a little bit more than they have in the past? Oh, look, I, th- I think that's the way Pat bowls. I think that's the way Pat's going to get Joe Root probably out more often than not. You know, Pat's now normal angle, a little bit wider on the crease. When he seems the ball, he tends to seem the ball back into the right-handers. So, you know, Joe, can, anyone would have been vulnerable to that ball today because it did seem back quite sharply. It was the right length as well to sort of hurry him off the wicket. Whereas in the series so far, all his other, all his other dismissals have been caught behind the wicket, starting with Hazelwood up in Brisbane, then Green and... And Boland, I've got him out a couple of times as well, um, off both front foot and back. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I think each bowler would have had, with this skill set that they've got, would have a, a way that they can picture getting Joe Root out. And so, as I said, most of the time in the series has been caught behind the wicket today. It was, it was Cummins doing what he does and trapping him plumb in front. What does it say, I guess, that Joe Root, a guy who came into the series as the world's number one batter, you know, has found it so tough against all the Australian bowlers? But I guess what does it say about um, about this attack that that he's just not really gotten going? Oh, look, I think he's looked good every time pretty much, hasn't he? Um, you know, with the exception of where was that first innings in Sydney where he got a duck there. Um, you know, he's looked good. He's looked like one of the best players in the world. There's definitely a mental hurdle that he hasn't been able to get over in Australia with, you know, bringing up 100 um, in an Ashes series in Australia. Um, but look, this is a this is a very good attack. With that, with Hazelwood you know, playing very little part in the series, and Richardson Boland doing what they've done, and Cam Green emerging as a you know a highly talented um, all rounder that he's bowling for the first part of the series was probably out doing his his batting, and and um, you know it's probably turned around the other way at the back end of the series, which is great for him. But it also says a bit about the conditions as well. I think I, I don't think I've seen conditions that have been less batsman friendly, if you like. It's they've been all very much bowler-friendly pitches. And when you give conditions like that to world-class attacks, then it's always going to be hard to score runs. The other thing about Joe as well is he, he actually hasn't made a lot of mistakes. If you think about you know, some of the luck that other players have had in the series and how many plays and misses and how many times they've been dropped and, and little things, Joe doesn't seem to have done that. He's seen, every time he's made a little mistake, he's, he's seemed to pay for it more often than not. So, um, yeah, who knows? He might get over that barrier in the second innings in Hobart and bring up a, a hundred and probably with the effort that he's put in um, and how hard he's tried and had, you know, an ill uh, sort of performing group of players around him, then, you know, it might just be a fairy tale that he gets, he gets a hundred in the, in the last innings in Hobart. 
And how about his opposite number, Pat, just in terms of how good he's been, first of all, in this series? And then how does he carry that into these upcoming, I guess, subcontinental tours? Yeah, Pat, I mean, Pat's been good. Um, and to be honest, it's with the, without, with the exception of the second innings in Sydney, it's been a pretty easy series for him to captain, really, hasn't it? Everything's sort of um, played out pretty well. He got a couple of tosses right. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's done everything that you'd expect. Um, you know, got a bit of crit- criticism, obviously, for what happened in Sydney. That's just part and parcel of what comes with the job. But um, otherwise, I think he's done a great job. Even today, I liked, I liked a couple of bowling changes today where he brought himself back on and, you know, sensed a bit of blood in the water and, and he goes back to himself, you know. So I, I like what he's done so far. And, and thankfully for him, his teammates have helped him out tremendously. And, and he's kind of put to bed any fears that the captaincy might affect his bowling at all? Yeah, um, yeah. If there was ever those doubts about it affecting his bowling, I think it was more about when he bowled himself and how he used himself. But that that seems to me to be have been spot on so far. And you know, he, he did say at the time, didn't he? That he'll be relying on a lot of other people around him, and obviously with with Smith and um, you know, even with Uzi back in the side, some good experienced heads there, Nathan Lyons there as well. There's a, some experienced guys that would you know let him know when they think it's time for him to bowl, and and it seems to be everything seems to be handled pretty well so far. The Aussie slip, Gordon, I mean, there were a couple of drop catches in there today. Um, there was a bit of talk on, on the other network, Fox, that they might have been a bit too close together. Did you agree with that? Yeah, we had a bit of a chat about that as well. But James Brayshaw has actually been going on right, almost right from the start of the series about about that um, and certainly how close they do seem to be. The other thing that's changed as well, which might have changed the dynamic, is that, you know, with Usman coming back into the side, um, Manus has actually moved out of the slips, Gordon. So they haven't had that continuity that sometimes comes with with slips cordons and it only takes one person to be a little bit out of position and that obviously puts everyone else out of position as well so it has looked like they've been close it has looked like even with Carey's proximity to Warner a few times that Carey hasn't known whether to go or whether to leave um, you know that one today with Kawaja moving to his left it looked like that catch was going to be closer to Smith than it was Kawaja so they, they do appear to be to be tight and I wonder if that's something to do with the way that they practice as well if they if they're practicing really fast nicks from close range, then you do tend to stand really close together at training. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, well, one of the angles we had today was um, the left-hander was on strike, must have been Milan, and Steve Smith's right foot was almost in the same line as David Warner's left foot. Um, so the gap, to, it almost looked impossible for Warner to take a catch on his left-hand side. And once you start seeing that, you know, you would have to say that you think they're a little bit too close. But the other thing I will say is they're the guys that are out there. They're all quite experienced in the slips. And sometimes a lot of the camera angles can be a bit deceptive too. So let's wait. We'll wait and see in the second innings because I think the fact that we've been talking about it, the, the fact that a few catches have gone down there, it might be something that they, they have a, a look at trying to, to work out and improve in the second innings. Well, I have noticed, it's funny you mentioned their practice. They've been using a, a funny, like a, I'm not sure if it's like a, it looks like a whiteboard that they're kind of throwing the ball almost half volley into. I've noticed Justin's kind of been trying to hit the ball on the up like that. Is that to kind of better simulate what they'd be getting in there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it is quite hard to get it exactly right because when you even even with your, with your practice, when you are standing there, you, you're actually expecting to come to you every time. And that's one of the great challenges about being in the slips is how you actually. In, a, in the middle of a game when a ball doesn't come anywhere near for 50 or 60 overs that you still stand there anticipating that it's going to come. So that's the one of the great challenges with mentally being right to be a, a slip fielder. But 
Um, look, I think continuity of personnel is a big thing. Let's not forget that Alex Carey is quite new in the in the keeping role as well. So he's still trying to work out, you know, where the, his slip fielders like to feel. But what we always used to say around, you know, any team that I played in, whether it be a state game or an Australian game, is it's up to the keeper to get the set the, the slips um, and get them where he wants them to be. So um, let's yeah, let's see if they do make some changes in the second dig. How do you think Kerry's going just overall in this series? He's, uh, I think t- today um, that tally for the runs, um, not not keeping, is 134 runs at 16. They probably would have liked more out of him with the bat. How have you kind of seen his overall series? Oh, look, it's been okay. I think his first couple of tests, he looked like he fitted in perfectly, kept really well in the first couple of games, you know, no errors. Um, sorry, one maybe error in the second test in Adelaide, one that he probably should have gone for that he left that went to Warner's left. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been, I think it's been a pass, probably not much more than that. Um, and, you know, let's, you, you got to cut some slack, right? He's um, new to international cricket, uh, although he's been around state cricket for a while now, he's finding his feet on at international level and, and, and keeping the different types of bowlers that he hasn't probably kept to before. And, yeah, every, you know, he's had his challenges, but he, he'll work hard and try and find ways to get better with the gloves and with the bat. And I, I'm, more importantly, I mean, you can. I think they just love his sort of attitude and um, his um, character around the team. So he'll do everything he can to get better. That's for sure. The last one I want to ask you about was Scotty Boland. Um, it, it's everything's just kind of going right for him at, at this point. Has he? Does this constant success surprise him and you a bit? Yeah, it has. I said on air this afternoon. He's, he's actually bowled better than I probably thought he could. To be honest, I mean, I, and that's not saying that I didn't think he was a good bowler. I've known that he's been a good bowler for a long time. Um, his record for for Victoria certainly suggests that. Um, but he, at times, has looked unplayable, to be honest. I mean, dream debut in Melbourne with a the surface there. Good surface for him to bowl on in Sydney. And, you know, pink ball in Hobart. Um, and even bowling late tonight, probably the best time to be fit for someone like him to be bowling. Um, it was still nipping around with a 50-over-old ball. So when you give a skillful seam bowler um, that excels at, being consistent and hitting lines and lengths and areas and has the ability to, to curl the ball away from a right-hander, then he's always going to be hard work. But he yeah, he's he really has surprised me. I reckon he's probably surprised his teammates and I reckon he's really surprised um, the England batters as well. He's been absolutely awesome. What's his future as a test cricketer? Um, well, unfortunately, he goes back out when Hoff comes in. If they're all fit, that's the way it's probably going to be. But you just know now that um, if, you know, a little niggle here and there or a, or a rest for someone or a you know, a, a different tour, a different part of the world, whatever. Um, he's, well, it's going to be interesting now what the pecking order is. You know, we, you asked me last week about the pecking order. I had Richardson slightly ahead of Boland, but the more that we see Boland, the more impressive he is. He's just not putting a foot wrong and not making any mistakes. So, you know, he, he even makes it hard for Richardson now. To, and, and Nisa, where does Nisa go now? Back in the pecking order as well. So, um, you know, we talk all the time about guys grabbing their chances and grabbing their opportunities. And that's been a pleasing thing for this Australian, Australian team this summer. They, they they all have grabbed their chance and grabbed their opportunity and none more so than, than Boland. Certainly has. Thanks for your time, Ricky. Thanks, buddy. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.